Welcome to Directly from the Source, a Chandler podcast, where we share insights about Chandler and explore issues impacting our community with the experts addressing them. I'm your host, Matt Burdick. Thanks for tapping in today as we talk about development and jobs in Chandler's employment corridors. Joining me is Chandler's Economic Development Director, Micah Miranda, and Planning Administrator, Kevin Mayo. Guys, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. All right, Micah, I'll have you start. Describe the role of economic development. So generally speaking, we are tasked with business attraction, which is the big sexy topic everybody likes to talk about, as well as business retention, expansion, small business startup, tourism, and economic policy. So our job is to help facilitate wealth creation and job opportunities within the city of Chandler. Kevin, let's talk about planning. What's the role of a planning administrator? Uh, Thanks, Matt. So planning administrator oversees the planning division. Uh, That division is charged simply with implementing the general plan and administering the city of Chandler zoning code. So all things that have to do with zoning, annexation, all the way down to use permits, design, that's all encompassed in in the planning world. Awesome. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the general plan during our conversation today. So let's dive a little bit deeper in just some basic facts. Let's talk about Chandler and our employment areas. Um, what are some of the characteristics of our employment corridors or uh, for those that don't know the number of jobs that we have or the percent of land that's still available for development? So I'll maybe start with Michael. You talk about jobs and our employment areas. Yeah. So we have five employment corridors, uh, West Chandler, Uptown, Downtown, Price Corridor, and the Air Park area. And what's, what's interesting is we got those, those five major employment corridors within downtown that's transitioning to more of an entertainment corridor. So uh, away from traditional vertical office jobs, more arts and culture and those types of amenities. And so that's the the flair that downtown's taken on. Uptown Chandler, which is uh, located North Array, basically along Arizona Avenue, is really focused on manufacturing. And, and it really serves as a home for businesses that are leaving their garage for the first time. So smaller space, uh, generally more affordable rents up there. And it's very eclectic, and it's part of the Uptown Chandler uh, brand is to be casual, eclectic, and authentic. Um, Moving counterclockwise, you have Price Corridor, which is obviously the crown jewel of Chandler, probably the state of Arizona from an employment corridor perspective. Um, We're bound on the north by about Ray Road all the way down south to Intel, and that has about 50,000 jobs in it. West Chandler uh, is predominantly bound by McClintock and I-10, 202 up to what I'll call, what is that? That's about Ray there. And it's advanced manufacturing supply chain. So, you know, Intel has a major uh, West Chandler campus out there, but there's a lot of businesses out there that support the whole semiconductor ecosystem. So that's a, a major employer out there as well as advanced business services. And then coming back around, we have Chandler Air Park which is really our our final destination when it comes to employment quarter development opportunities. And Kevin and his team have done a lot of work out there recently working on area plan specifically for that area that really spells out what that's going to be like in the future. So those are the the five employment corridors in a nutshell. At the end of the day, uh, from a non-land use planning perspective, which is obviously planning's purview, economic development is just ferociously protective of those employment corridors. Once land's developed, it takes a lot of time, energy, and money to redevelop it. And so we want to preserve land in there for employment and the right type of employment. Absolutely. Kevin, let's talk about the general plan and you know some of its significance in guiding those land use decisions. 
Yeah, you bet. Uh, I always kind of tell people that my world is entirely governed by the general plan, and it most certainly is. Most people don't know uh, that the state of Arizona uh, has a, a statute that requires uh, governing jurisdictions to adopt general plans and update them every 10 years. Our last update was back in 2016. Um, and it really is kind of the planning Bible. It has, uh, ours has 17 elements in it, required elements by the state, um, all the way from uh, from transportation to land use to conservation and things like that. Our world is governed by this document. Uh, it is really a roadmap. Uh, it identifies where a community's been, where it is, but most importantly, where it's going. It's a high level policy document. It doesn't have the strength of zoning. It is not law but it is basically the community's vision of what they want to be over the next 10 years. That general plan, our general plan, has uh, references other documents. Micah just mentioned the Air Park Area Plan, our most recent area plan that we just updated. And uh, it's really, these planning documents come in a hierarchy. General plan sits on top. You've got the area plans. We have many different area plans, all told north of 40 uh, in the city of Chandler. Um, some of the bigger ones, Air Park Area Plan, about seven and a half square miles around the airport. Uh, you got the Southeast Chandler area plan, not an employment corridor, but uh, as an example of another of another area plan. And we we make all of our policy decisions uh, based on those guiding plans. And the general plan is is the plan that actually goes to voters, right? It's it the is. one that's approved by a vote of of the uh, of the residents. It is, yeah. It's uh, it's about a two year effort um, to update the general plan. We're due by twenty twenty six. Uh, we're, in fact, going to be starting the financial budgeting portion of that this year uh, for our next general plan update. But it takes about two years. It ends with the uh, city council if they ultimately adopt that, that general plan. And then it goes to the voters for ratification. Mike, you talked about being protective of employment corridors. And I'll ask both of you to chime in on this. Of uh, That's long been a, a vision of our community is being protective of those employment areas. And I'll ask both of you to describe why that's important. I'm probably one of the one of Chandler's historians uh, since I've been here 22 years. Uh, I started here as an intern actually a year and a half before that 22-year clock started. Uh, a statement that was just drilled into my head from day one as an intern, uh, employment drives growth. Uh, and the city since the 90s has been hyper-protective of identified uh, growth areas uh, for employment areas. Uh, Price Road, when I started, it was kind of an area on the map that was highlighted and only certain things are allowed to get into that employment corridor. And Chandler, the credit to all the past councils, has been very protective of it. Over the years, uh, there have been a lot of pressures on our employment corridors for encroachment of non-employment type uses, usually residential. Late 90s through the early 2000s, there wasn't a piece of dirt in Chandler that wasn't, through the home builder's eyes, a perfect piece of property for homes. Chandler stuck with the plan, and they've maintained those employment corridors. In our 2016 general plan update, Again, it's being a 10-year visionary plan. We looked at uh, Chandler and actually added a growth area, the West Chandler growth area. Initially, it wasn't on the plan. It was a built-out employment area. But knowing that the 202 was coming, it was adding a new element of access to that West Chandler business area. And we've, we knew that there was going to be some redevelopment, and we're starting to see that already. Companies locating and growing out in that what used to be kind of an older, forgotten employment area, and you're seeing its rebirth today. Yeah, you know, in the the Southwest, Arizona, Greater Phoenix specifically, we have a lot of natural amenities and people want to be here. But 
that type of growth will happen organically. The business side of it is a little bit tougher to crack. And if you don't preserve space within our general plans, like Kevin said, it can be absorbed really quickly for uses that don't provide long-term economic opportunities for the city. And with Chandler, we've been very careful in preserving those areas, but also identifying the highest and best use from a, a actual user perspective. So while we appreciate all types of private sector capital investment, both on the residential and employment side, they don't always all have the same economic multipliers. So planning sets the, the fr- uh, framework within those areas for what it's going to be, where it's kind of the general boundaries are, and then economic development layers on top of it. Okay, this is where the real long-term economic opportunities exist. And we work to fill in those areas with those types of employment opportunities. And we have five targeted employment clusters here in the city of Chandler. You want to elaborate and just describe what those employment target industries are? Yeah, so advanced manufacturing, aerospace aviation, advanced business services, automotive technologies, and then information technologies. From a financial, neither one of you are CFOs, I understand that, but from a financial perspective, difference between a residential development and an employment-based development. Yeah, so on, on a single-family home lot, it's generally, from a, a city perspective, it generally consumes city resources, has a, a lower ROI. But in order to have a city, you have to have people. In order to have businesses, you have to have people working in those businesses. So that's why we, 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 we want the residential to support our employment and not the other way around. And so a perfect example of this is, is really just boiled down to our jobs-to-housing ratio. It's a very simple metric. I don't know of too, too many other communities that really put a firm valuation of this, but we look at the number of jobs we have in Chandler to the number of rooftops. And ideally, any city would love to be one-to-one. In Chandler, we're about one to 1.26 right now. You know, our ultimate goal is we would love to see that one to 1.5. What that creates is very economically stable and vibrant community where you're not over-reliant on any one industry sector, you're well diversified, and it creates really broad opportunities throughout the community. So you're not just a textile manufacturing community or a furniture manufacturer. You know, you're, there just isn't a company town that provides opportunities for residents. Okay, uh, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about, we are a landlocked community. Uh, how much land do we have left for development specifically on the employment side? And what does infill and redevelopment look like as we go forward? Sure. So uh, although we can drive around today and still see quite a bit of vacant dirt in Chandler, a good portion of that is already spoken for, has a development plan in place, and is, is underway to be developed. We are less than 10%. We're hovering just just around 9% vacant land left in Chandler with a future land use decision to happen on it. Of that, about 90% of it is impl- designated and slated through the general plan and the subsequent area plans for employment. We've heard this term build out, uh, and we you don't ever actually finish building out, but you get close to it and you ven- eventually start building up. Our world started shifting. We knew it 10 years ago that uh, we were going to be approaching this. Um, we had a Next 20 uh, report that was done a long time ago, uh, and it really identified that we were going to be moving from a greenfield development to an infill and a redevelopment. Uh, phase. Our general plan, our area plans, they are, again, 
um, very protective of these employment areas. And as much as we think employment drives growth, and well, if we're already built out, then there's nowhere to grow. It's just not true. Uh, we're dealing now in mostly redevelopment. Infill and redevelopment is an entirely different world. Um, whether we're talking residential infill and redevelopment or even employment infill and redevelopment, uh, you're really trying to take a, a round peg and shove it into a square hole. Uh, and it takes takes creativity. Um, it takes working across the line with many different departments, econo- economic development, public works, even public safety, um, to figure out how to get this thing to fit in there. And beyond land use, are there other limiting factors that impact our ability to continue to grow from an employment perspective? Um, well, literally sky's the limit. But in, in a general suburban community like Chandler, verticality can be perceived as negative. So those challenges are working with existing neighbors who could be businesses or residents and explaining what this future may or may not look like. And that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of communication. And so figuring out how an existing property, let's say it's an existing vacant shopping mall. What does that look like? How does the community react? How does what ends up in there benefiting everybody around it? You don't want to create a surplus. You don't want to create excess and you want to be good neighbors. And so it's really like Kevin said, you know, taking something and dropping it into an existing environment and then molding it to try and keep everybody happy. And that's really, I think, our our big challenge going forward is how do we continue to have economic growth and vitality while taking into account existing neighborhoods, frankly. Right. You mentioned neighborhoods as being a key stakeholder. What are some of the key stakeholders and their role as it relates to the development? It could be, like you mentioned, an infill and redevelopment project or some greenfield project. What is their role in that process? Yeah, well, I would say, obviously, from the ED perspective, the businesses that we're, they're working with are obviously key stakeholders. But, you know, they're just one part of a very complicated recipe. So you'll have you know, the businesses, neighbors, the financial community. Do they feel comfortable investing in Chandler? Does it look like a, a safe investment? State regulators that we have to work with, we have air quality issues. I mean, there's a lot that goes into making a project happen that I don't think the general public really understands. The amount of checks and balances that are in place, the amount of public disclosures that take place. And, you know, there, there's rules that, you know, Kevin and his team have to go through state law, actually, that spells out the n- amount of time between a project developing, you know, their communication strategy ahead of that. Literally anybody can be impacted and they are stakeholders. We know some people aren't going to like any changes within their neighborhood, but redevelopment and continued investment is going to happen. So how do we take their concerns into account and work towards a a true win-win? And I would say, you know, Kevin and his team does a phenomenal job of threading that very tight needle. Kevin, what are some of the development trends that we're seeing in our employment corridors. Flexibility is probably the the number one trend. Uh, We're seeing uh, building typologies. It used to be a very specific purpose-built building, something for Northrop Grumman, for an Intel. Uh, But there's a lot of flexibility that's desired now. Anticipated that that building could go from a more manufacturing R&D and evolve into an office, higher level of office use to even somewhat like a showroom retail if they actually produce the widgets on site and they want to sell them in a front showroom. Um, development trend right now seems to be flexibility and the desire to main, let something grow and evolve over time. 
And that, that really fits kind of what we deal with in economic development. 80% of all of our leads require existing space. So what my team's doing is working with the capital markets to get them comfortable and interested in Chandler so that they can release $100 million to developer XYZ to build the projects Kevin's talking about, but they're requiring that flexibility. The interesting thing that I, I really like is, you know, a lot of times people are worried about water. And Chandler has done a phenomenal job of really doing the math on how much water we're going to need and how much water we have. And so that is all taken into account on the economic development side and the planning side. And for listeners, if you want to delve into the water issue a little bit more deeply, our first episode, uh, we sat down with uh, our water policy advisor and she provided an in-depth description of some of the water issues. So just a little plug to go back and listen to episode one if you'd like. For both of you, um, some of the industries and types of jobs that are locating or expanding in Chandler so far this year. If Mike, if you want to take a first stab at that. Yeah, we've had a really good year um, to date and last year. We're, we're just wrapping up our first quarter of the new fiscal year, which started July 1. But when we take a look at um, the, the targeted companies we're working with, Yes Engineering, Edwards Vacuum, uh, EMD, NXP and Uptown Chandler is going through a major expansion. Everybody knows about the $20 billion Intel investment, but we've also got a lot of really unique expansion projects. GM Innovation Center is hiring 500 new software engineers. Uh, the University of Arizona is expanding their campus here in Chandler to provide more educational offerings so we can support the business so our residents don't have to leave. So we're trying to create a, a, a full ecosystem to support all these great projects we've had. As a uh, as a self-identified planning nerd, uh, we don't generally get to get deep into the actual specific businesses because our world is is land use. We're supposed to kind of remain widget blind and and simply talk about uses. But at least in in the last two decades, to get to work with companies that build the rocket propulsion systems for our defense missiles uh, in the United States and have that done in Chandler, that's an incredible thing by itself. To then get to work with a company that provides I don't even know the percentage of uh, computer chips uh, to the world, but uh, that campus in Chandler does that. I mean, there's a huge array of, of businesses that, that we've got to be, got to engage with. Um, and it's just, I mean, what other place in the world do you get to do, get to do that as a, as a planner? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. So now let's talk about ways that the city is working with existing Chandler businesses or those that are looking to expand or develop here. I know we've got a business location team. But for those listening, describe the different ways we work with them. And then what is the business location team? Yeah, so the business location team is a interdisciplinary group of professionals that will go out with an existing business, a prospective business, and walk the space or spaces they're evaluating. It's just, it could be one building or it could be five buildings. And the professionals will give them on-the-spot feedback as to whether or not this building fits their need per, you know, whatever their PAD, PDP may call for, what type of infrastructure improvements it will need from a code perspective. And this is really a unique program that the city of Chandler offers. The reason, at least from an economic development perspective, why we value it so much and ED coordinates all this is because it provides real-time feedback generally to those businesses that don't have the financial resources to go out and hire a thousand consultants to help answer these questions and get them moving forward. So it really helps the smaller mom and pop businesses through the site selection process. And I can tell you, 
businesses are eternally grateful for the feedback they receive. They're signing a lease or potentially purchasing a building. And without doing that due diligence, they could inherit a pretty significant tenant um, improvement cost that they weren't anticipating. So fantastic uh, from their perspective. And I know the development services team generally would rather solve problems early before they crop up. Yeah, that team is is critical for these, especially like Mike said, the moment pops. Um, we're trying to look for those those thirty thousand foot big picture gotchas, uh, getting in there and then being a year down the road and realizing, oh, you need to put fire sprinklers in, or you need to do X Y Z from a maybe a increased number of bathrooms, things that have big five digit and six digit dollar signs attached to them, for a small mom and pop looking to relocate a small five ten person company. They're, they're deal killers um, instantaneously. So um, the sooner we can get them that information and this team will have somebody from our, our, our building review side. We'll have a, somebody that represents fire, somebody that represents uh, planning and everybody in between. Uh, and we'll get out there and through our discipline eyes, look at and, and try to identify those gotchas. And as Mike has said, uh, we've had nothing but positive feedback from that team. Absolutely. And that's phenomenal service. Like I say, to be able to go and help companies that are, that are growing, especially in the, in the, speed at which some of the uh, businesses in Chandler need to move. Micah mentioned a couple of acronyms related to the planning process. And so, Kevin, I'll just ask you to elaborate very briefly on on the steps that companies go through if they are looking to expand or relocate to Chandler from a development perspective. Sure. Uh, when somebody calls us, however they get to us, either through economic development or just through the planner of the day call, somebody wants to do something. Um, we always tell them, hey, if you're going to be doing some site improvements, file a pre-tech. It stands for Preliminary Technical Site Plan Review. But again, it's a uh, all disciplines. There's about 20 of us that sit in a room once a week and look at any pre-techs that are submitted. And it, again, is that 30,000 foot. Uh, what are they trying to do? Um, if it is a no-go from a general plan, if it's a no-go from the zoning, uh, whatever that may be, we want to get them the answer right away. But then if it is a go, uh, what things do they need from a civil engineering standpoint, from a building standpoint? What process do they have to go through? If they do have to come into uh, my world and in into that zoning world, uh, we live in acronyms as well. Uh, almost everything in Chandler is zoned PAD, planned area development. That really is the, the what can I do. It's the land use side of it. PADs are always paired up with a PDP. So you got a PAD slash PDP. The PDP is the preliminary development plan. Uh, so if you just keep in mind, PAD is what can I do? The PDP, that's what does it look like? Um, the PDP isn't the land use site. It's simply building architecture, site design, all the way down to the signage. And then there's a whole host of other acronyms that we just fire off like a totally separate language. <laughs> that's what happens, like you say, in the, in the planning and engineering world. There's a lot of acronyms that go along with that. Michael, what are some of the factors that contribute to job growth? And how is the city involved? I think there's there's probably just a handful of things that really drive a city's competitiveness. Um, political stability is crucial. Financial stability. Chandler is one of 40 cities in America out of 20,000 plus as a AAA bond rating. Again, if you're dropping 100 plus million dollars on a development, you want to make sure your investment's going to be protected. Education, K through 20 educational opportunities, and then business friendliness. Like how does the city respond to business concerns? You know, how quickly, how timely do we answer those? Um, even if we don't have the answers right away, it's like, hey, I've heard you, let us research it, we'll get back with you and follow through. So 
those are some of the, the kind of like the main things when we're talking to businesses and explaining what they're going to experience here. How can they engage the types of businesses that we engage with? Obviously, we, we talked about our target industry clusters, but we don't try and be everything to every industry cluster. There are certain things that the city of Chandler, mayor and city council and residents have shared, like this doesn't align with what we want. So we don't target those. We will gently explain that to them as we have those conversations and then work to facilitate introductions to a community where that aligns with their economic development and city growth strategies. When I first got the job in Chandler, it was said to me, you don't have to win every project, just the right ones. And we know what that is. We know what it looks like and we know why, you know, it's the economic value. It's the stability it brings to the community. Right. And a lot I know that you've talked about a lot of the economic development is is also focused on existing companies. You want to elaborate on that a little? Yeah. So everybody likes to talk about the new ribbon cutting for a, a business, but we spend a lot of time on business retention and expansion. It's easier to keep a business than to recruit a new one. So we spend a lot of time triaging issues ranging from, you know, workforce to public safety economic development has no regulatory control. So we, what I like to tell people is we are a mile wide and like an inch deep in knowledge. And so if there's a PAD issue, we're working with Kevin and his team. If there's a workforce issue, we're collaborating with a host of our different um, partners. And that's really geared to keeping Chandler businesses um, taken care of. We're not in the education business, but we want to make sure they have the resources and exposure to the right people to solve their problems. So business retention is really where it's at. And then Kevin, from a planning standpoint, you mentioned we're going to have a uh, upcoming general plan update. What are some ways that uh, residents can either get up to speed on our general plan or area plans or in overall engage in our, our planning process? You know, uh, it starts at the state statute level, but it is, it is so deeply baked into Chandler's core MO, uh, kind of citizen engagement. Uh, we want to to receive input from the community, both the business community and the residential community. There are many ways that people can engage. Probably it, it entirely starts with our interactive zoning map. Uh, on the city's website, when you get to development services and into the planning site, there's an interactive zoning map that all of our active applications, zoning, rezonings, use permits, design approvals, they all live in real time. So at the point that a case is filed on a piece of property, we geolocate that on the map and any and all information we have, even if it's just simply the application and narrative, as we start to have neighborhood meetings, that's posted on the website. So if somebody's wondering what's going on around their house or if they're looking to buy a house and want to know what's what's potentially going on in that area, you might see a piece of vacant dirt, but it may already be in process or have just been through the process. And we leave every approval on that web map until it actually comes out of the ground so that people know what could be and is is planned to come in that prop in that area. That kind of desire for community and in input and, and engagement just gets amplified up as we work towards, say, the Air Park Area Plan update that we just recently updated. Um, it had a series of neighborhood meetings, a series of uh, of surveys that were placed out there, um, and then a series of public hearings to uh, solicit that community feedback. Because ultimately, these plans are simply the community's vision. Um, it isn't just the resident side, it's a business, it's council, it's everybody. And then that all gets to the general plan. So like I said, that, that general plan process is about two years long. It will have a series of community meetings and focus groups. I'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes, some of the links that Kevin just talked about, ways that you can keep track of some of the development that's going on around the city. And then Micah, from an economic development standpoint, obviously you work a lot with businesses, but what are some of the ways that either businesses can get in touch with economic development 
development or residents can stay informed about economic development news. Social media, we, we try and broadcast everything on social media. So Twitter, Facebook on the tourism side, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, we have a monthly newsletter that goes out. Call us, email us. Um, my team right there ready to answer questions, be engaged. But anybody out there looking to find us, we're super easy to find. And we're, we're always happy to answer questions. Absolutely. And I want to thank you both for joining us today. And I thank our listeners for learning about development and jobs in Chandler's employment corridors directly from the source. And make sure to check out the Voices of Chandler podcast as they share Chandler stories with new episodes each month. If you have topics you'd like to hear about on a future podcast, message us on social media or at chandlerz.gov. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the invite.